Hello and welcome back to Fertility Talks, the Therapy Fertility Podcast. I'm your host, Renee Von Medin. You may have noticed that we have not had an episode released in the last couple of weeks and in today's episode, we talk a little bit more about why that is. Today, we're going to be talking about something that's happened very recently. I lost our baby. She must have thought I was absolutely nuts because I was like, oh, that's grand. Sure, I'm only five and a half weeks, but it might not be okay. And she looked at me and she said, I'm so sorry, there's no heartbeat. And my immediate reaction, no, there is. She was like, I'm so sorry, there isn't. So I'm wandering around in the comb, all these pregnant women getting prepared for surgery to remove my baby. There are many people who don't share their story and go home on their own and have to figure that out on their own. And that's really been so apparent that grief is not linear. This is the question now. Is there anything that helps? Is there anything that helps or is it just time? Claire, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks, Renee. This is going to be... um, an unusual episode I think for for our listeners um you know I've hosted this podcast since since the beginning and I have kind of shared a lot of my journey and my family's journey but um we today are going to be talking about something that's happened very recently uh people may realize that we've had a break in our podcasts and um the reason for that is because um I lost our baby a couple of weeks ago so um thank you for being here and for um joining me to kind of hold space for that and talk about it so um people may know you um but (laughs) (laughs) um some of our some of our patients Um, will have had sessions with you sure and know of you but um maybe if you could tell us a little bit about what it is that you do and it will make a little bit more sense about why why you're here and why you're the one I'm I'm talking about this with absolutely and um, just to say thank you so much you know for for inviting me to this very uh, I suppose special space for you um, Renee and um, it's quite a privilege to sit here and have this conversation with you as well so um, I hope I can hold this space for you and um, and I suppose for, for everyone listening or looking on, yeah, I'm a specialist fertility counsellor. Um, I've worked within the whole area of fertility now um, for about 13 years, actually. I was just thinking of that back and I, I can't believe it. <laughs> um, but I work with um, individuals and couples at all stages of trying to conceive. So whether that's assisted or unassisted. Um, and as you can imagine, irrespective of how a conception happens, people can still experience challenges. Um, and losses along the way so that often comes into the space um, and can actually be one of the factors why people present because they really need that space to talk about this Um, so as I mentioned uh, it's it's a it's a significant part of the work I do um, and I welcome anyone who takes that step to to delve into that because it's so personal mm. um, and it is a really, really private piece for for individuals and couples. Yeah. Um, so I do feel quite honoured in the work I do because I'm often the only person that knows this as well in mm. people's lives. Yeah. Um, so it's a very special job and um, yeah, it's, um, as I say, it, 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 it's quite varied um, but wonderful in, for what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and would you see a lot of people who have experienced loss? Yes. Mm. Yeah. Um, and loss is a very appropriate word because loss covers so many different types of losses. Um, mm. And especially within the whole, uh, I suppose, area of trying to conceive. Um, there, Yes, there are those very obvious losses, aren't there, of pregnancy loss, miscarriage. Um, but then there's all the other losses that come mm. with that of being able to conceive the way you'd like to conceive. Mm. Um, I suppose losses that can come in, I suppose, individually in one's world or within a relationship. Um, so loss is, is a theme that runs mm. all the time through the conversations I suppose I would have with um, my clients. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's something I've really found over the last couple of weeks. You know, we've been very open about our 
IVF journey, our pregnancy journey, and then our our journey through loss. And the one thing that has really stood out to me is that that's something that connects everybody. There's no one that is unaffected by this type of loss, whether it's personally, whether it's, you know, close friends, family. Mm -hmm. It's harder to find someone who hasn't experienced loss in in terms of pregnancy or fertility than it is to find someone who has. It's it's just so, so common. And it is being talked about more now. Thankfully, yes. But, But it's still not enough. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah yeah and and that's that's so true um we're getting there aren't we yeah um but loss is it is a hard subject isn't it it's a yeah. hard topic it's very emotive yeah. um and perhaps uh people might feel that if they haven't had a pregnancy loss that they can't connect with you or they can't empathize yeah. with you but they can mm-hmm. you know because as you said, people experience loss in so many ways in their life that there are familiar feelings and mm. um, and that that you can connect on that basis. You know, there's that understanding, isn't there? That's really interesting because I and maybe maybe it's a selfish thing when you're kind of you're in it and and you feel like you're the only person who has ever experienced this pain and no one else yeah. could possibly understand. Yeah. But over the last couple of weeks, I've kind of felt no one could understand this unless they've gone through it but now Mm. that you say those feelings someone could have experienced in a different way yeah that kind of makes a lot of sense yeah yeah and it's hard to gauge that sometimes with Mm. with people because when we share initially we mightn't get the response we'd hope to get Mm. um and so that can deter us as well a little bit in in that so i know it's there is a bit of figuring out isn't there Mm. and there are certain people you'll naturally I think share more with yeah. or feel safe to do so yeah. um, and then there's others perhaps not um, yeah. and that's okay um, yeah but it is it's it, it it does feel like that though um, that I'm the only one and that's a very lonely place mm-hmm. isn't it yeah. um, and in itself maybe the idea that others won't understand further isolates you in that yeah, yeah. and kind yeah. of probably holds a lot of people back from talking about it Yes, yeah, it can, it can, um, and and especially like I say, if we don't maybe initially get the res- the desired response, mm. um, it, it that can be a huge barrier then to to sharing. Yeah, um, and it kind of invalidates yeah. it then. You know, if you it can, yeah, it 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 can, and even the language used around it can minimize or mm. discount. You know what's actually happened here, the reality of it. Um, yeah. And so all of those pieces, you know, start to, to kind of sit with you. So you're 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 taking all that in, and I suppose you're you're looking at yourself then through that lens. And mm. it can be, you know, for many um, women and couples, but certainly women, I suppose, you know, you know, and uh, I suppose I speak with them, will say they're just not quite sure. Mm. Like, should I be feeling like this, mm. or maybe maybe you know maybe I shouldn't, or maybe I'm kind of exaggerating, or mm. maybe there's a sense of there's something else wrong here um, because of the way I feel. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a yeah. lot of questioning going yeah. on. Yeah. Mm. So mm. I guess we might kind of go back to earlier this year. Yeah. So my wife and I have two daughters who are six and four. And, um, you know, we, we went through a reciprocal IVF to have them. Yeah. And it wasn't quite straightforward to have them but we were very lucky in that we had them quite quickly and had never experienced a pain or a loss to this extent that we have now and we had three embryos left okay on ice Mm -hmm. for the last uh, couple of years and we had always kind of had that conversation of will we use them or won't we yeah and I think, you know, most people who have embryos frozen get quite attached to them. And obviously they were from the same cycle as our younger daughter. So we always kind of thought of them as potential twins, essentially, oh, to yeah. her, you know? Yeah, and, absolutely. Um, so at the beginning of the year, we decided we were just going to try. There yep. was never going to be a right time and we were just going to try. Sure. So 
went through the the process of preparing for a frozen embryo transfer and had the transfer and we were sharing every part of the journey you yeah. know on on my Instagram and yeah. we were being very public with it and it was it was lovely because there was so mm -hmm. much support and so many lovely messages and um it was a really kind of positive experience for us yeah and I always tell people like I, I'm terrible at waiting to test so you know I think I, I started testing at, at day five after Did you? yeah okay day five, <laughs> day five post five day embryo transfer day. yeah yeah um and I the line didn't come in, up immediately okay so then I was disappointed uh but see that's what you risk when you test so early I know yeah <laughs> um the line didn't come up immediately and I went and told my wife and I was like and you know kind of like really disappointed but also we're not out yet because it's yeah. only day five yeah but then I went back to look and it actually was positive okay um oh, so wow. I could see the very faint line yes. and then kept testing every day and it was getting stronger every day and you know you become obsessive about testing and then we had our blood test and it came back positive but at that stage I'd already mm. started bleeding so okay. this is again kind of a common theme throughout my pregnancies is that I've always kind of bled. Okay. I've had, you know, hematomas and different yes. things. Yeah. So I wasn't too concerned. Okay. But mm -hmm. it just kept happening. So we did repeat mm. blood tests just to mm -hmm. make sure that HCG was rising and it was, it was going crazy. So everything was kind of ticking along fine. I had already started getting super super sick okay yeah. yes and I've never been so sick in a pregnancy before okay. I've always had kind of you know the normal kind of morning sickness yeah that was all day sickness but this was something yeah. else this was really really bad um I'm also a type 1 diabetic so yes. that made things more complicated for me yeah mm -hmm. um Thankfully, I was able to link in with my um, my team in the maternity hospital, and they were quite quickly able to get me onto Caravan. Yeah, which was a lifesaver. It didn't stop the sickness. Yeah, but made a big difference. It made a big, yeah. big difference. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this pregnancy was always a bit different. Yeah. Than the other ones. Um, we got to five and a half weeks, and we had a scan. And this was because of the bleeding and yeah. the EPAU in the comb always see me. So they brought me in and one of the doctors did the scan. And now I've, you know, because of where I work and also because of having gone through treatment, I've seen millions of scans in my yes. day and I could almost, I yes. could read them, you know. Yeah, you could read it. And um, she did the scan and she was looking quite kind of concerned and she's like, I, you know, I can see the sack and I can see you know, the yolk sac, the gestational yep. sac, but I can't see a heartbeat. And she must have thought I was absolutely nuts because I was like, oh, that's grand. Sure, I'm only five and a half weeks. It's grand. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's it's very early. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's fine. Like, that's what you'd expect to see. Yeah. And she was like, okay, mm -hmm. but it might not be okay. Mm. And I'm like, no, it's fine. And she's like, okay, well, I can't confirm a pregnancy today. Okay. So... I left there with a leaflet that said pregnancy of uncertain viability and okay. went home and just yeah. kind of didn't know how to feel. Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, like I was like, but that's kind of on track for where we are. Yeah. But I didn't really know where I stood then. Sure. You didn't quite get that confirmation, I, yeah. I know, or that reassurance. And yet where you were coming from, Renee, it was your experience of this area, I know, and... and that that was giving you some reassurance yeah. wasn't it yeah yeah so I was kind of like you know I went home to talk to my wife and yeah. I was like I in my head feel fine because of what I know yes but if I was just any other person going in I'd be completely freaked out right now absolutely so I don't know where I stand I'm somewhere in the middle there yeah you know yeah so mm. that was the beginning of what was to be a month of scans and okay. not knowing where I stood. Yeah. For the next two weeks, 
I had so many scans. At six and a half weeks, we found mm-hmm. a heartbeat. Okay. Yeah. And we were thrilled. Quickly followed by, but the growth is a little bit behind. Okay. Mm. But it could be fine. And all of this was underpinned by that it could be okay. Yes. And that's so hard to kind of sit with because it's one or the other. It's either it's the best thing in the world or it's the worst thing in the world. And there's no in between. Yeah, I know. Very hard, isn't that, Renee? Because you're you're in and you're kind of out. You're kind of it's like one foot in, one foot out, isn't it? Yeah. Where where do I place myself in what I'm being told? Yeah. Yeah. So then Yeah. The following week had two more scans that were very reassuring okay and the growth had come on Mm -hmm. the heartbeat was stronger okay and everything looked okay yeah and I remember in the EPAU and there's two doctors in one of the scans and they were like no everything's looking fantastic and I kept questioning them and saying but is the heartbeat not a bit slow is the growth not a bit behind yeah and they kept reassuring me and saying no everything's fine everything looks on track for where you are but I I kind of just didn't believe them so there was part of me on the outside that was celebrating this yay we've got to seven eight weeks we're kind of almost past like you know the dangers yeah yeah but also part of me that I don't know I was still bleeding and because of everything that had happened to that point I kind of didn't really believe it okay and um, so then we got to eight weeks I don't even know how many scans I'd had at this stage yeah and the EPAU said I can either wait for my booking scan which would be you know 12 weeks or I can come in again the following week yeah and I said sure I may as well come in you know just to have a look Yeah, yeah I'll come in yeah so March 14th went in EPAU in the Coombe um, not the most cheery of places if anyone knows it mm. and sat in a really packed room and for some reason it was really really busy normally when I've gone in it hasn't been so busy and I've been yeah. seen within like 15 minutes but I was actually waiting for about an hour and a half okay. to be seen yeah and as people were going into these two rooms every kind of second person that went in I noticed sometimes the doctor would go into the other room like there would be a second doctor going in yeah and I couldn't work out what that was Mm. so then I went in and it was the first doctor who had done that very first scan and given me that leaflet and I hadn't seen her until then so I rock on in, delighted with myself. You know, I've got a, you know, positive yeah. heartbeat. Everything's fine. Yeah. Just going to see the growth here. And she had a trainee GP in with her. Okay. You know, it's a training hospital. Yeah. That's fine. I'm always fine with people being in. Um, yeah. So I hopped up on the bed. He has a go with the scan. And they had turned the, the screen away from me, so I couldn't see it. And... He starts having a poke around and I could just, I could just see that something wasn't right, but yeah. she wouldn't say what it was. And about five minutes in, she says, was there a heartbeat the last time? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, hmm. yeah, yeah, there is. Yeah. And then she didn't say anything else. And then it was just silence. Okay. And then a few minutes later, she said, Hmm, the growth is not what we're expecting. Said nothing. And still the trainee is, yeah. have, you know. Finally, she was like, okay, I'm going to take over now. So she took over and within maybe a minute, she just, she kind of stopped and she looked at me and she said, I'm so sorry, there's no heartbeat. And my immediate reaction, I, I think I kind of laughed because no and I said no yeah there is 
and um, she was like I'm so sorry there isn't so she turned the screen around so I could see and yeah. you know when they turn that thing on so you can see the heartbeat it's like blue and red and normally mm-hmm. you should be able to see the embryo and the yeah. kind of blue and the red flashing picture. in the middle yeah. and you could see the, the blood and the, the movement all around but there was just nothing it was just still um, and I just remember it just it, it wasn't like I started like screaming or just immediately started like yeah. tears streaming down my face and I had the mask on and they're still rooting around with the scan and I just wanted them to get away from me yes you know yeah um, and yeah. then they called the other doctor in and I realized that's why yes. I had seen the doctors going into the other rooms because all of those people had had losses as well so yeah. most of the people who had been sitting there with me that morning were receiving yeah. the same news so the other doctor came in and confirmed it and um, then then they let me get dressed and I just I just couldn't stop crying and wow. just I just couldn't believe it yeah so I'm like I I was I was pregnant 20 minutes ago yes everyone yeah. still thinks I'm pregnant like my wife still thinks and she was my wife wasn't with me yes you were not um, okay because it wasn't yeah. a big scan it wasn't a big we thought everything was okay so yeah. I was just by myself yeah yeah I wasn't expecting yeah I, th- and that's it you, you know the, you're kind of starting to feel a sense of safety around this mm. you know so you were it felt okay to go on your own yeah yeah, yeah. um so then the poor GP is like sitting in the corner of the room yeah um not knowing where to look and you know it's immediately talking about what do you want to do you know it's that immediate straight into that conversation straight into you can try to take medication Mm -hmm. but it will be very painful there will be a lot of bleeding it could take a while and then there is a chance that you'll have to come back in to have it surgically managed anyways or you could go straight for a dnc um and i remember my first question was what would be the better option if we're trying again if we're doing another transfer okay um and she said the dnc would be better okay and it would be quicker so she immediately booked me in she called up to the ward Mm. got me booked in for two days time gave me the medication that I would have to take on the morning of the surgery and then sent me off to get my bloods done so I'm wandering around in the comb with all these pregnant women yeah with my medication that I'm going to take getting prepared for surgery to remove my baby your baby you know yeah a lot of disbelief isn't there just that that that's how it happens mm-hmm. and um and and as you kind of uh, you know are led on your way mm-hmm. to the next step yeah isn't it very quickly um very quickly yeah um so yeah i mean it just it all seems so surreal and so long ago even though it was only a couple of weeks ago yeah um I was still really sick. I still had all the pregnancy symptoms. My boobs were really sore. Yeah. Um, just I just still felt pregnant. Yeah. Um, and my wife had texted me a few times at that point, just being like, is everything okay? Because normally I'd send her a picture or something. Yeah. And, and I just said, where are you? And at that point, that point she was like what's what's going on what's wrong yeah I mean I think she knew something was wrong but I I waited until I saw her to tell her because I didn't want to phone her and tell her but again she was just like how how do you react like how how do you react to that news I know yeah um and you can't prepare for that moment no even if you've experienced that moment before you know there's something about that isn't there it's mm. it, it is quite surreal um and everything can happen so fast mm. yeah but um, even even just thinking of like like work 
you know, I was supposed to be working that day. Yeah. You know, and just having having to phone, you know, your colleagues and, yeah. and be like, my baby died. You know, and thankfully, you know, I had a very supportive team around me and I basically was told, you take all the time you need. And I yeah. can't imagine, I can't imagine people who don't have that. Don't have that. I, yeah. I would have completely fallen apart if yeah I had been put under pressure work-wise yeah because your brain like you you cannot handle no at all it's in like aside from having to like handle the fact that we all we also have to like make sure our actual kids who are here with us yeah. are okay and yeah you know all the kind of day-to-day stuff but I just couldn't handle anything else that week yeah aside from going in and having a surgery I know yeah and I mean when you think Renee of uh, and this is partially I know why you're 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 so open with your story that there are many people who don't share their story and go home on their own and they may have a partner they may not mm-hmm. and have to figure that out on their own I, I that is it's so hard to comprehend you know how you do that and yet um you know having somebody with you is so important isn't it um um and for the hospital i wonder to recognize that i don't know do they or do they yes it's perhaps i suppose there's an expectation that everyone has a partner or they everyone has shared this with somebody but people don't yeah yeah I think it's really difficult to be in those situations where you're being given bad news yeah alone yeah um I don't know maybe it should you know because obviously you can bring someone in but maybe maybe it should be more widely encouraged that you should yeah not yeah. that it's just an option but you should because at any any time you could yeah. be given really bad news especially in the EPAU yeah yeah or even that inquiry is there somebody mm they can contact for you or is there somebody you're going home to yeah, yeah. who can Are take you, care yeah. of you yeah yeah um I remember that mm. so the following day I kind of went down the rabbit hole of maybe they're wrong okay yeah but that's just not wanting to believe that I know it's happening yeah um and I think I you know no matter how much I tell people not to Google, <laughs> you know, yes. you'll you'll find oh. the one the one article that was yes. ever written that talks about this situation where yeah. the sonographer read it wrong yes. and it was a broken scanner, and they couldn't see the heartbeat. Um, but I suppose because of where I work and I had, you know, maybe I had more privilege than I had access um, to it. I I actually came in here to have a scan just to be sure. And okay. just to have one last look. Yeah. Um, and I think that was, even though I knew what it was going to be, um, mm. I it was it was just the saddest thing ever just to see that little embryo just yeah. com- just completely still, you know. Yeah. Um, but I think it helped me to just know that the following day what we were doing was the right thing because it's it's like a, it's a weird especially I think when you've mm. gone through fertility treatment yeah. to have your baby the idea that you're going to surgically remove them just I think for anyone is really jarring yes but for me to you know we have gone through so many steps to get yes. here and I have been so sick and yeah. to then be taking them out I know just felt really wrong yeah but I suppose having that final scan just perhaps enabled you a little bit I know to mm-hmm. kind of I kind of I suppose tune into that a bit mm-hmm. isn't it I, and, and I mean it, it, to be able to do that it clearly was important Renee mm-hmm. for you wasn't it mm-hmm. um I mean, you probably woke up that next day and for an instant didn't remember, you know, yeah. or, and then it hits you, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. Yeah. I think it only happened 
the following day. Yeah. Yeah, on the mm. Thursday. So I went in on the Thursday, the 16th. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I had to wake up really early because I, I was going to be the first on the list because I was diabetic and you have to be fasting. Yes. Um, so they said they'd get me in first, so I had to be there for 7.30. So I woke up, you know, and you have to take the medication at 6. So I was up really early. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, the first thought, I, I just didn't remember, and then I remembered. I remembered. Yeah. Um, I will say that that day, the, like, the hospital were absolutely incredible. Were they? Ev- everyone. Yeah. Who, like, yeah. you know, the, the nursing team, the doctors, the people in the theatre when I went in. Yeah. And, like, I think for anyone who hasn't had a DNC or that kind of surgical procedure, it's, it could be really, really terrifying if you're absolutely. not, like, I'm kind of in this field I guess and I'm used yes. to seeing theaters and yes that medical setting but yes it was even for me it was a bit intimidating going in of course because yeah. you go into this massive theater and there's about 10 15 yes. people in there there's so many people in there yeah there's a lot happening around a you a lot happening and there's, there's just one bed in the middle yeah. of the room and you have so many people surrounding you mm. um I think I'm. I made a joke when I got in. Um, you know, I've you know I've never had so many people minding me at the same time. But they were just so kind. They were like, "You don't need to worry about anything. You know, we've got yeah. you." Yeah. And um, yeah, yeah. I mean, you don't remember anything. You're completely asleep. And yeah, um, I did wake up feeling much better, which is the horrible thing. You know. How all, come? Of the, all of the pregnancy symptoms were just kind yeah. of gone I, di- I woke up and I wasn't feeling sick anymore and yeah you know over the next few days everything else kind of went back to me feeling like me again okay physically yeah you know yeah which is good but it's also hard to take that mentally because you want to be pregnant you want to be sick yeah you know well, you, you haven't quite caught up with that. You know, your body is doing what it's doing, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah. there's a bit of, there can be a bit of disconnect, can't yeah. there? Yeah. 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 So yeah, that first, that first week was just um, crazy. And mm. I remember on Thursday, or not Thursday, so it ha- I had the procedure on the Thursday and had obviously taken the rest of the week off. Yeah. And on the Sunday evening... I said to everyone, I'm going back to work tomorrow. <laughs> okay. Did you, Renee? <laughs> I did. <laughs> and Because I thought I was fine. I know. I and you like, wanted to be. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure a part of you wanted to be. And yeah. that's me. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm a real kind of fixer, get things done, move on to the next. Um, yeah. But I was, you know, I was really encouraged by my, my colleagues to take a bit more time. Take a bit so of time. So I did. Yeah. And... Yeah, I, yeah. I think it, I, I think I needed that. You probably needed more than you than you than you know. This is mm. this is it, isn't it? And yeah. um, and and it 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 further validates mm. actually what's just happened here, isn't it? You know that you do need to recover. It's yeah. really important you have that time, not just physically. Um, I think there's a part of me that, you know, um, we've talked about this before is that when people ask you how far along were you you know yes. and mm-hmm. we kind of invalidate our own loss by saying i was only x amount you know yeah. um i've actually had a loss before but i okay. never really talk about it because yeah it was only you know four or five weeks yes and so i never felt like i had a right to yes to grieve that loss yes and I suppose with this one, it was a lot more physical and we had seen the heartbeat and we had gotten further and had yes. to have the surgery. So mm-hmm. I felt more, you know, entitled, I suppose, to sure. my grief this time around. But at yeah. the same time, there's a part of you that is like, well, I was sure I wasn't even three months yet. So I, I should be able to just get on with it. It's not like I lost a full term baby, you know, and I think I had that mentality yeah just subconsciously yeah of like I should be able to just get on with this yeah 
and and um, that that's a you know that's a message I suppose that we get I suppose externally you know mm. from the world around us because um miscarriage and pregnancy loss is still quite um mm. misunderstood for what it is and the the loss and also the trauma that that that's associated with that um whether you're four and a half weeks pregnant or nine months pregnant it's your baby mm. it's yours and Audrey's isn't it um you know putting a number on that in some way to justify it mm. um we do it um but it, it doesn't seem quite right does mm. it yeah because you still feel the same mm. um it's your baby it's the same meaning you set out with the exact same hope isn't it to add mm. to your family mm. um and so it's a really important part because i suppose when you t- when we talk about loss and grief there are different types of losses and um uh, pregnancy loss and miscarriage can fall under a, a quite a specific type of mm. loss if i want to say kind of theoretically called um ambiguous loss mm. or disenfranchised loss and it's a loss that's um socially socially and outwardly not recognized mm. as a loss so when we think of loss we think of death mm. most of the time okay or, or uh, in in that respect so it's all retrospective whereas pregnancy it's prospective you know it's for what could mm. be you're losing um, something that's not already here well they are here though yeah. this is the thing yeah. i know and isn't it funny how language <laughs> just creeps in they are here but the outer world can't connect mm. with it you have mm. you know it's, it's within you um but in some way because that connection isn't there so someone else can't see can't that person see yeah so it almost invalidates it you know it's yeah. like or suggests as you kind of said you know i'm not entitled to grieve mm. or be a griever yeah yeah um and it minimizes the loss yeah. um so very conflicting because you feel a certain way but the world is almost saying mm. to you no that's not quite it or mm. they don't talk about it in that same way and yet that it is a loss yeah. it's a real loss isn't it um i felt for the first kind of week or two that it was expected that i would be you know in pieces okay but i feel that people move on quite quickly okay which is which is challenging um yeah one of the most challenging days i've had um actually you know i had i had come back to work but i was working mainly from home and i came in here into the clinic a couple of times and yeah in here I felt completely different because this is a space that mm-hmm. is filled with loss and joy yeah and all of the ups and downs of yes IVF yeah every day so ev- every day. everyone here gets it but I remember yeah. going back actually into the office and had the most difficult day okay because it had been a couple of weeks and everyone knew what had happened yeah and while everyone has the best intentions and really wants you to be okay i think people want you to say that you're okay yes and people want you to make them feel okay that you're okay and i think you know i'm a people pleaser at heart and (laughs) a lot of times in the past i would have said you know i'm grand i'm fine i'm getting there yeah but that day i just couldn't do it i couldn't do it so i had 20 30 people ask me are yes. you okay and every single time i just looked at them and said no no i'm not okay yeah which led to some <laughs> awkward moments because I'm sure. people yeah. don't know what to do with that yeah yeah um but i i just i couldn't yeah i couldn't say i'm okay because i'm not okay yeah and this is really difficult yeah yeah and then you you know you don't have to say you're okay mm. yeah um y- you know and, and i think you touched on something there is so important that perhaps you know what we do is is more to benefit others mm. than ourselves um, but that further reinforces the silence around this so it's like won't talk about it won't say it it's mm. uncomfortable it is uncomfortable no i'm not going to say anything i'll just take it away with me mm. and then you suffer don't you yeah. um and and yes for for some people they i'm sure that there was silences or they didn't know what to say 
perhaps were there others, Renee, who who genuinely were able to respond to you or you yeah. could feel that, you know, you, I don't have to say anything. Yeah. You know, just being here or listening is enough, isn't it? Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I think I think maybe I, I wasn't ready to be in that environment yet. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I went for a really long walk around Stephen's Green oh, <laughs> looking yeah. at looking at the ducks. Okay. Um, yeah. Little cry and um I guess it was good that I was able to recognize that I wasn't really ready to be there yet. Yeah. Um so I took a bit more time at home and I've since gone back in and it's been a bit better. Has it? Okay. Um yeah. and I think that's just really to do with where you're at. Yeah. You know? Um some people mm might be ready sooner than others yeah um and i guess being able to say no no yeah and give yourself that permission Mm. that you're entitled to say no and that you're entitled to take that time for you to heal you know um and it is a healing you know grief is healing um so it, it is a hard thing to do. I think we're hardwired to be okay, you know. We're fine. I'm fine. Yeah. It's, it's a very easy statement just to put back out there, isn't it? I'm fine. Fine. Yeah. Very opposite inside. Um, yeah. So a lot of it then gets kind of shoved down below. Mm-hmm. Not going to go there. Don't want to talk about it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it, it that silencing can work against us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think what you did was very brave very hard to say no I'm not okay and Mm. especially to people who are maybe associates or colleagues you know there's different type of relationship um so but you were being quite true to yourself Mm. weren't you Renee yeah Um, yeah so I found it has Mm. been very very up and down one day I can be you know because it hasn't been all doom and gloom yeah you know which is it's a really hard thing to sit with because it, it hasn't been like I've been sobbing uncontrollably for the last month yeah. um there has been some really lovely funny silly moments okay. you know and we yeah. found we've been able to find laughter and and yeah. joy in life and our family yeah um but it's just very up and down because you can be having a really great day and then mm-hmm. you kind of think oh maybe i'm maybe i'm through it mm-hmm. and then the next day you just feel flat yes. and empty. Yeah. And that's really been so apparent that grief is not linear. No. no. There's no trajectory. <laughs> no. And the, it's your trajectory. You know, mm. you will grieve, you know, I suppose in a way that that's yours, mm. you know, which is going to be different from somebody else. Um, and and often I suppose there can be that expectation that I need to get over this Mm. yeah you know that's something we get over but in fact you know grief is something we we bring with us okay Mm. Um, it doesn't have to hold us back and it won't you know and you will get to a point where you you know you're that you are okay Mm. you know Um, but it's a part of your story now Mm. isn't it Mm. and um, it has a place so that sometimes can make it somewhat I suppose a little bit more approachable for people mm. when they think about grief that it's not like I have to get through this to get over it in fact you know I'm going to bring it with me and sometimes I'm going to dip into it and other times you know mm. I, I won't that that gap will probably lengthen over time mm. um but yeah it, it it is something it's a part of you now isn't it it's a part of your family um it bears a meaning mm. um often people don't want to forget about mm. their pregnancy or their baby I know because you kind of you kind of feel if if you get over it if you get past it that you're betraying yeah what could have been you know yeah yeah is there anything this is (laughs) this is the question this is the question is there anything (laughs) that helps is there anything that helps or is it just time well time absolutely you know will help there's no doubt about it Mm. um but when you say help it's really important to ask well what is that Mm. because as for often people don't want the pain to go you know and we live in an instant world and i want it gone you know and and that's so understandable um but it, it can often be looking at what eases it 
mm. you know, because that's more realistic. Mm. It's more possible. Um, and if I can ease that pain, um, you will come through it. You know, you will. Um, and that's a different way of thinking about it as to what do I do with it? You, you know, um, and yes, I mean, there there are lots of, I suppose, individual pieces that people will draw on. Um, but having a network absolutely around you, whether it's your family, it's friends, it's support groups, they are just essential. And even what you're doing, Renee, I think online is providing that even in your own pain, others are connecting with that and feel less alone. And, and maybe that's easing their pain. Mm. Yeah. So it's those type of um i suppose actions and interactions that actually they they do make a difference mm. you know there's no one soul piece yeah. um but being patient i know is <laughs> not my strong suit <laughs> <laughs> i know and look I, and i think for a lot of people it's not you know mm. uh, and even for patient people it is very difficult because mm. it hurts mm. yeah um, but that understanding and patience, yeah, compassion, it's care for yourself, you know, it is an extension, you know, extending mm. that to yourself, um, it does help, it really does help, and it's not to underestimate it, um, yeah. Do you get, do you find, you know, being, sharing your story has helped you in some way? Yeah, I, I think you can see that through your, your work, I yeah. I I feel like mm. I wouldn't have gotten to the point I'm at right now. Yeah. You know, being able to even do this and talk to you about this um, if I hadn't been doing what I'm doing because yeah. I have had hundreds, hundreds I'd of say. chats I'd with, say. with, you know, internet strangers. Yeah. <laughs> some who I may know, some who I don't. And, yeah. you know, people telling me, about things that happened to them last week or last decade. Yeah. You know, people who mm -hmm. hold this pain, this loss for years. Yeah. And sometimes never tell anyone. Um, yeah. Sometimes tell everyone. Um, ev mm -hmm. Everyone has, everyone has a different story, but everyone has a story. Yeah. And just being able to see how many people go through this or have gone through this mm -hmm. and being able to you know in my little corner of the internet just to be able to give give people a, a space and you know yeah. I said any, anyone who wants to use this to to share yeah. your story it's here for you and yeah that has been really comforting I think both not only to me but also to my wife um, yes just knowing that maybe us sharing our pain can bring a little bit of comfort to someone else who's going through the same thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. And bringing some healing to, to you mm. within that. I know yeah. that you can you can speak about your pain and your loss mm. and it for it to be accepted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For, for, for what it is. Yeah, yeah. That's, it's very powerful when you get that type of, connection or response yeah. um and 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 yet within that i suppose it's really important and, and maybe you've come to notice as well renee um that's tiring as well so mm -hmm. you i know isn't there finding a balance yeah. with uh, uh, or as sometimes it's termed you know you kind of have to dose this you know <laughs> there's yeah. time for it and then it's really important it's heavy it's time it's out really it. heavy it is very heavy yeah yeah it is it um, is and it's heavy i you know I'm sure you and your work find this, you know, you're talking to people about really difficult things all day, every mm -hmm. day, um, to be able to kind of set it aside and not talk about it for a while and, yeah. you know, to be able to just be, you know, and I think I feel very, you know, fortunate that, that we have our kids and, and they've, yeah. you know, they've been that distraction for us, but, yeah. you know, I think maybe you mentioned this to me a, a couple of weeks ago that maybe, you know, sometimes people with kids don't realize that your kids are distracting you and, and, and maybe you're not grieving in the same way you would mm -hmm. as if you didn't, you know, if, you know, people with no kids kind of have that space. 
yeah that time yeah and while everyone will say to me but ah but you're you're so lucky you have two at home anyways know. you know I know yeah but that doesn't make no that doesn't make it better I'm very grateful yes and it's been wonderful to have the hugs and the snuggles and yeah um but it doesn't make it better no as in you're still going to feel how you feel mm. aren't you Renee and, and similar for Audrey of course um I I know and it almost in a way again it's it's kind of discounting isn't it mm. it's like well you have two kids mm. you know and yeah I do and um and so grateful to mm. have my children but you know I have a vision of a family and I suppose this little baby was part of that mm. yeah. yeah um so children are angels I think they're angels in disguise you know the kids are wonderful because they do bring it into the present mm. don't they if you're in that space um and allowing yourself that you know is is is, is fabulous you know and and I'm sure you cherish it um but you're also entitled to be in that space of mm. hurt aren't you mm. pain yeah um yeah it's actually bit, we had to tell our kids because yeah. because we were sharing this so yes. publicly everyone mm. knew and we didn't want someone to yeah. say something to them and yeah. then be like, what? Um, sure. So we told them and <laughs> it's actually, it's funny how we told them because um, Audrey, like it was, it was the day it had happened. It was that night and I still, you know, I had been up in the bed for most of the day. So got them up into our bedroom and Audrey said, I'll, I'll lead kind of thing. Okay. So I was like, off you go. <laughs> And um, she was like, okay, so Ava and Aria, you know, um, you know how mama had a baby in her tummy. Um, and I think she was just trying to ease into it. And she was like, so, so the baby had to go away. Okay. <laughs> and immediately, you can see the two of them ears yeah. perk up. Mm. And Ava's like, where, where did the baby go? <laughs> and I was like, no, we're not doing this. So I like jump in. I was like, no, no. The baby died. The baby died. Yeah. And the two of them, you know, six and four, they have a general understanding of what death is. And um, kids are amazing, aren't they? They're so resilient and they just, they were like, okay, okay. And, you know, we kind of just explained, you know, that something wasn't right and the baby died. And Yeah. But they'll always be a part of our family and, you know, maybe maybe there will be another baby at some point yeah but for now it, there wouldn't be okay and they were they were so good and they were so lovely and you know then just wanted to go watch tv or whatever yeah <laughs> um, yeah the immediacy of their world <laughs> yeah. and then the next day i think aria said something like you know my mom had come over and she said something like we're you know we're so sorry you know your baby brother or sister you know yeah and aria just kind of laughed and she was like I know the baby's taking forever okay <laughs> and every now and again she'll still say it should be like the baby's taking forever when are you going to go to a doctor is there to get a baby in your tummy um Aww. so she's still kind of you know referencing yeah. it um but, yes but they're amazing I think you know we don't give kids enough credit for yeah for how adaptable they are yeah yeah and it's important that honesty is mm. so important with mm. them they will remember as yeah. you know this this is part of their story and and if you do go on Renee and you have a sibling or whatever your family mm. comes to be in the future y- you know this is it's it's there this is a part of their story yeah. you know and yeah. and you will come back to it so them knowing that and being included in that yeah. is really important I think it is yeah yeah, yeah. um no I'm, yeah. I'm glad I'm glad that they know and that they have been a part of this because yeah. it, it it is their sibling you know no yes one. yeah um it's their family as you know as much as ours absolutely yeah. and i think you did something if i can um uh reference renee you 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 got a symbolic yes. um yes it? tattoo of fabulous oh it's beautiful yeah absolutely beautiful. so that's um so it's just it's we my wife and I we both got tattoos um so I got a tattoo that is kind of my body with my heart and then kind of in my tummy it's just a little baby with a with like an empty white heart um and that was because um the day after it happened until 
I had the GNC, yeah. I just had this feeling of your heart's not beating anymore. Okay. But mine is. Yes. You know? Yeah. Um, so that that was mine. And then my, my wife got just a, a heart with a baby in it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I think that that was a really... You know, we did that almost immediately. We did it that weekend. We yes. just said, let's get tattoos. And yeah. it was just a really nice way to kind of commemorate. Absolutely. Yeah. And even when you think about your two little girls, mm. you know, their their sibling is there, yeah. you know. Yeah, um, no, and, they, and keep, they keep, they always touch it and yeah. they trace it. And yeah, and that for them is a way to connect, mm. you know, because yeah. words a little harder for, I suppose, smaller people. Yeah. Um, but that, you know, that, that comes back to you know being able to talk about yeah. them and remember them um yeah. and helping them understand yeah yeah, yeah. and it's we also beautiful. got one here because I this is that. like this is our family oh um, this <laughs> is ava aria and that's my wife and i that's the like kind of when we met and then, and the then got the little heart in the middle oh it's beautiful yeah. and speaking of you know growing the family in the future we're hoping that at some stage we get another butterfly up here okay. um you know we have two embryos yeah. left and this pregnancy had been so hard that at the start of it you know in the worst of it I said to to Audrey there's no way I'm going uh, we can't do another transfer I can't do this again yeah. back to day one but almost immediately you know I yeah. knew I knew we would we would try again so we will we will yeah. try again when we're ready yeah um and yeah. I know that when it happens we will kind of say that this was a part of our journey it's a weird thing because I know that the baby that we do get that comes to us yeah it's a bittersweet happiness because yeah if the other baby had lived you I wouldn't know. have this baby you know I know so it's, it's a weird it is and yet there's some it's, it's it's very symbolic isn't mm. it their story is starting mm. and wh whoever might come mm. now I suppose their story has started hasn't yeah it? Hasn't because it? that was a part of it yeah yeah absolutely um and it just shows what can come even in hurt mm. and pain isn't mm. there that there can be joy there can be meaning um there is a potential future here mm. you know as well that you're already know you, you know mm. there's a desire isn't there yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, I know you brought something in to I read did. and maybe, yeah. maybe we'll, we'll finish with that because I know we could, you know, I could, I could talk about this all day. I know. But there's just, you know, it, it continues and I think it's not like I'm closing the page. No. This chapter will inform everything yeah from here on in it, it will yeah it's a part of it's a part of who I am now yeah yeah um and sharing that story is 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 truly inspiring Renee it, it really is um and and you're so brave I, I know to to bring everyone else along in this as well so thank you um and and what I hope to read here if it's okay mm -hmm. I suppose it's just a piece I've come across um it's very much related to grief okay but i suppose this is mm. what we're you know we're we're talking about um and it's to do with any type of loss but it can i think for most people there's something in it that they can relate to okay so i'll uh, so it's by c.s lewis and it's from a grief observed okay um no one ever told me that grief felt so like fear i am not afraid but the sensation is like being afraid the same fluttering in the stomach the same restlessness, the yawning, I keep on swallowing. At other times, it feels like being mildly, mildly drunk or concussed. There is a sort of invisible blanket between the world and me. I find it hard to take in what anyone says, or perhaps hard to want to take it in. It is so uninteresting. Yet I want the others to be about me. I dread the moments when the house is empty, if only they would talk to one another and not to me. An odd byproduct of my loss is that I'm afraid of being an embarrassment to everyone I meet. At work, at the club, in the street, I see people. As they approach me, 
trying to make up their minds whether they'll say something about it or not. I hate it if they do and if they don't. And grief still feels like fear, perhaps more strictly like suspense or like waiting, just hanging about waiting for something to happen. It gives life a permanently provisional feeling. It doesn't seem worth starting anything. I can't settle down. I yawn, I fidget, I smoke too much. Up till this, I always had too little time. Now there is nothing but time, almost pure time. And so I, I, I just, the words, I, I, I think there's so many elements in that I know that we've even touched on um, mm. today. Um, but it's in some way explaining, isn't mm. it, how people feel? Yeah. Um, Especially the part about how you don't want people to talk about it, but also it's the only thing you want yeah. them to ask about. Yeah. And it's a confusing yeah. kind of juxtaposition of which yeah. which is worse, which is better. Yeah. Yeah. And it's all hard. It's all hard. Yeah. It's and it's all real and yeah. it's yeah, and I think that's a the real important piece, isn't it, that it's it's really important to talk about this yeah. yeah because this is how people feel yeah yeah, yeah. thank you so much for coming in and oh, i thank would you, Renee. say to anyone who is listening if you're going through anything similar if you have gone through it um and you don't have someone to talk to someone like you is is the perfect yeah. person to talk to um but i think just talking yeah sharing communicating yeah um, engaging with people in some level whatever that means for you I think is key yeah yeah mm. and it will heal you mm. it will help to heal you yeah, yeah. absolutely thank, thank you. you Renee thank you mm.